Hey friends, I am Wren, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. Every week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she is pursuing, or a passion to share with you. This week, my guest is Jamie Ivey. Yes, the Jamie Ivey. I am so excited that I get to chat with her. We talk about all the things in her life that are going on, but most importantly, the book that she wrote. It releases in four days. Y'all, I wanted to make sure I rushed and edited this so that you can get a chance to win some of the pre-order goodies or a chance to win an awesome weekend at Green Acres. I know you will love hearing from Jamie and know that you will be encouraged from her story. And here's our conversation. All right. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. I'm excited. Jamie Ivy, the Jamie Ivy is here with me. <laughs> You're so kind. I am here. It's exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Okay. So y'all live in Austin. We do. We live in Memphis. Okay. And I have a funny story to tell you. Bring it. So your pastor or one of your pastors, Matt Carter, came to our church and spoke this summer. Okay. Uh-huh. And I had Aaron Ivy, your husband's book, and Matt, they co-wrote the book together. Yes. Um, and Steal Away Home. And it's great. If y'all haven't gotten it, it's great. Um, and I sent it. My mom works for the pastor where um, at our church. And so I instructed her that she is to get Aaron and Matt's book and to take it to Matt and get him to sign it. Well, right. I was trying to tell her, like, you know, I listen to Jamie Ivey's podcast. Like, I'm a big fan. This is her husband. I'm, like, super in. She did a great job because after Matt signed it, he was like, do you want me to take it back and get it, them to sign it? Because I guess she was so like, she loves German. <laughs> so it was so funny that he was like, I can take it back and mail that it That is you. hilarious. I was like, I feel awful. Sorry, Matt. But anyway. That so, is so funny. Did he bring it back for Aaron to sign? No, or did I could not do it. No, he and he was going to get you to sign it too. I was like, oh my Lord, I'm so embarrassed. So no, I said, Mom, thank you. And she goes, oh no. I was like, thank you. Don't do that. That, that is for hilarious. Me. That was so funny. But anyway, okay. So, um, so you have, tell me about your family and your kids. Yeah. So we live here in Austin. We've been here almost 10 years. Uh, we have four kids. Our oldest is 14. And then we have two boys that are both 12. They're six months apart. And then our daughter, our youngest is 10. And so we have big kids and we have big kid things like football and baseball and Spanish test and stand after mm-hmm. school for volleyball games. I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we do. And we live here. We have two dogs and three cats and just living the life. And y'all live on some land, which I love we, seeing. We do. We live on almost four acres. So we moved out here about two years ago. We had previously lived in Austin on the east side. We've been there for five years, and it was a wonderful season in our life. Um, it was just time to have a little bit of space and peace. Mm-hmm. Um, just in our home. And so this has been one of the best things our family has ever done for our kids and for us. And so we do, we have some land and I feel like I am like a country girl, but not really because, you know, we have to, we have a riding lawnmower and we have to like 
you know, pick up things. And but I'm really not a country girl. I just I like four acres and a riding lawnmower. That's that's the kind of country I can do. That is totally us because we just moved out of a neighborhood and we're still in a neighborhood, but we have two and a half acres. I'm like, okay, well, we're good. Great. Just a yes. little bit, just a little bit of space. I like it. It's great. Yes. yes. Okay. And so y'all, I love seeing it because I can see it. Um, on Instagram and all that, and Instagram stories. Don't you love it? Oh my gosh, love it. I'm yes. so addicted to it. And last uh, night, I saw you and Aaron's um, live video. Y'all were cracking me up. We, here's this the thing, I have to convince him. Yeah. <laughs> I have to convince Aaron to do these things with me because he does not want to. Right. But then once we get there, we love it and oh, yeah. we crack each other up. And so <laughs> it was like it's a show. Just, It's like our own little show. We have so much fun when we do that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, so you have four kids. Y'all live on some land. Um, Let's kind of talk about how you started your podcast. That's how I found you is when you started podcasting. Were you a blogger before or what? Yeah, so I've had a blog since about 2005, which is forever ago, it feels like. And so I started blogging when we started the adoption of our first child that we adopted. He, We adopted him domestically, and so we lived in Tennessee. We lived in outside of Nashville for five years before we moved to Austin. And so that's where we were living when that was happening. And then my parents and all of our family lived here in Texas. So it was just this, hey, let me put pictures up and show you how the kids are doing. Yeah. Uh, and then we started our adoption process of our kids from Haiti and it became, it became more of a, let me talk about adoption and our travels and that kind of thing. And so I did blog, but it wasn't, I wasn't, wouldn't have called myself like a blogger. I didn't make money off of it, anything like that. And then in 2011, I don't know if you know this, but I won a job here in Austin to be, yes, on a morning show. Awesome. So yeah, so I, I entered this contest just randomly and crazy because I'd never worked in radio and I won. And so I ended up working on a morning show and it was fabulous and I loved it so much. But my kids, it was really hard on our family. So I only worked there a few months, but I really loved it. Like I loved having the voice. I loved um, being able to be an encouragement to people in an industry that I didn't work at a Christian radio station. So it was a really exciting thing for me. Fast forward a couple of years and I was on a podcast and I remember getting off of the podcast thinking, I think I could do what she just did. And so I started and girl, I didn't know anything. Uh, I, everything I learned was off of YouTube. Yep. Uh, I didn't even have a mic at first. I mean, it was just, I just did it and it was a hobby for a while. And then I decided to make it a job and love here we are three and a half it. years later. I love it. I love it. And you've got what? hundred and. 40 episodes, 170. I've read it. Well, let me look. I just, we just, our show yesterday, I I think it was 177. 177. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been some, you know, I used to do a a series on Fridays and we have a new series on Fridays. And so we've probably done over 200 episodes. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. I loved yesterday's. I love cats. That was so good. Really good. I love that. I mean, for married women, but really for single women, I thought it was so encouraging. So, so encouraging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. I loved when she talked, we don't have to talk about this at all, but I loved when she talks about building that muscle in her brain of, um, it was talking about how when you're, she's single and she's not having sex till she gets married and she talks about building that muscle of like restraint mm-hmm. while you're dating mm-hmm. so that when you're married, mm-hmm. you have already worked on that. And you know, mm-hmm. yes. if you've been married for longer than four years, you know that uh-huh. it gets different. It gets harder. It Absolutely. gets not like when you were newlyweds. Right. And so you've built that muscle of 
constraint and integrity. And hopefully that will help you when you are in situations as a married person. So yeah, it was really good. She was great. I I liked listening to her. Um, Okay. And let me tell you how I found about you. Um, I was listening to big, the big, big cast for years, Uh you know, Sophie and Melanie. And I think they mentioned you or something. And I was teaching full time. And then I had had a baby and I had to go back to work and I did not want to go back to work. Right. And so I was being submissive to my husband and just, it just wasn't in the cards at that time for us. And so I began listening. They introduced, you know, they said something about you on their podcast and then I started listening to you and it was so encouraging for me to hear you. I mean, I was commuting in and coming back and then the Lord just began working hard and I really, I should have kept up friendships and I did, but not like to the extent that I was before I had my son. And right. it was just on the way in to work and out of work. That was my girl time, which is mm. sad. I mean, I, I should have had more, you know, contact, uh, contact with my friends. Um, I had a little bit, I just should have kept like a weekly or monthly like thing with them, but y'all were my encouragement. And so mm. I, it's just, it's awesome how God used you, and you were faithful to what He called you to do, and and it, it was a blessing to me, and I know countless others. So thank well, you. thank you. I hear that a lot about people just feel as though they get to sit in on a conversation and be encouraged and listen to girlfriends, and I love that because I think we live in a day and time where those, I will always say those face-to-face interactions with girlfriends, they cannot be replaced, Right. but we also get the amazing opportunity to be in and you know, a time when there's such great technology that we can listen in and be encouraged while we're grocery shopping or sitting in traffic, you know, or cleaning toilets or whatever we might be doing, nursing a baby in the middle of the night. Exactly. We can still tap in and be encouraged and inspired. So and that, Love that and, that happened to you. And it was great. And then um, I went part-time the next year. God enabled us to go part-time. And then I actually was able to quit for sure, for real. Uh-huh. And um, my son was two and a half at the time. And then that's when God was like, I think you need to start a podcast. You need to encourage women. Like Jamie encouraged you and many, many others. You need to encourage women of the people that you know in real life that you can share their stories. So that's good for you. That's why I, I started it. And I loved when I called, I, I, I didn't call you. We're, we're like this. No, I didn't call you. <laughs> I emailed you and you, um, I asked you a question about a microphone and you emailed me back. And I was Aww. like, that's just the sweetest thing that you took time to do that. So I appreciate that. And you well, you're so welcome. To do that. So you're so welcome. Okay. Love the podcast. Love it. Love it. Um, what did you have any background in like, I mean, I know you did the radio show, but did you have any background with radio or anything? No, that's what was so crazy. I mean, I, I say no, my, one of my majors in college was speech communication. So I kind of threw it on at the end because I ended up graduating from a university that you had to double major and I came in, you know, late in the game. And so I was like, well, what's the fastest, easiest thing I can throw on. And it was speech communications, which is funny because I do a lot of my life now by Uh talking, by talking, but no, I had no experience previous to the radio. And when I went on that radio show, I mean, I was just like, when I think back on that time, I remember walking in and I had no idea what I was doing, but it was so exciting. And the guys that I worked with in the room, they were so kind to me. They were so helpful. They were so encouraging. And they're like, Jamie, you're good at this. Like, you've never done this. And I'm like, no, I've never done this. And so that was my kind of stepping off and doing that. And then I just started and and chatting with my friends and recorded it, you know? I mean, awesome. Well, and that's funny because, um, when I listen, I do listen to hear your guest, but 
I usually listen to hear how you ask questions. I know oh, that's crazy. Yes. But I, I but you ask them so like pointedly. You know, you're not just mm. like hey, yes and no answers. You're really uh-huh. wanting to get their story and how they're feeling about it. So I love that. So hopefully well, I'll thank you today. Thank you. you. Um, I promise I won't, won't make you cry. Um, but um, anyway, so let's get into your book. You wrote a book. Tell us what the name of it is. I wrote a book. It's called If You Only Knew, My Unlikely Unavoidable Story of Becoming Free. And the crazy thing is, I mean, I started this process two years ago. Two years ago, and I turned in the manuscript a year ago, and then here it is. It's out in the world. Well, it's almost out in the world. I don't know when this is airing, but yeah. Yeah, I'm going to air it. I think I'm going to try to air it tomorrow so that everybody can get the pre-order uh, excitement if we can. So I'm Thank trying you. to do Thank that. You. I would love to do that so that we can, because you pre-order and you get a chance to win a weekend um, at, I just want to say the yurt weekend. <laughs> a it weekend you that. can stay it's in the like yurt. Weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, At Green you Acres can, where you have yes. a happy hour live. So um, yes. I want people to be able to have an opportunity for that. So um, even though I want to win. But um, <laughs> so take me back. Right before you grew up in church, you grew up in a um, a home where y'all went to church. But take me back before you were. I feel like right before you were um, in college, and you were went before you went to that passion event. Take me back to that and tell me a little bit. Where were you? How were you? Were you walking with Jesus? What happened right before that event? Yeah. So I look back on that time, and you know, I'm twenty. Five years, 20 years removed from that almost, because I'll be 40 this year. And so I look back 20 years ago, and what the most thing I remember about myself is just being a little bit confused because I, like I, like you said, I grew up in church. So I knew it was right. I knew about God. I might have even, I definitely would have told you that I was a Christian, but for so many years, there was no fruit in my life. There was nothing that resembled a Christ follower. I mean, I tried to be good. I tried to not do some big, awful things, but there was just, there was no fruit in my life at all. There was nothing that would say, oh, the Holy Spirit is working in her life. And so I think I started to realize that a little bit as I got a little older, because now I'm, you know, 19, 20 years old, 21, and when you get that age, it's not like I, I didn't feel as though I had to just follow my parents' rules anymore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I have amazing parents, and we went to church all the time. And so I feel like a lot of times in my younger years, I just wanted to be good because it's what I should do, you know, and it's right. what we do. And I was a good kid, and I definitely didn't want to disappoint my parents. But I started to get a little older, and I'm thankful for this, honestly, because I think it was like it was a real evident thing when I decided to follow Jesus that it was actually. I was actually saying, okay, like I'm going to not just try and be a good person, but I'm going to actually let God take over my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was then I was at home and I had already endured a, um, a pregnancy in college and moved home. And I was just kind of searching around and looking and I was going to church with my parents at the church that they were going to, that they started going to after I left for college. And I just, God just moved in my life during that time by using that church. And then I went, like you said, to Passion in 1999, and it was in Dallas at the time. And something happened there that only can be God because I was changed. And like, it's funny, it's like not funny or weird, but I look back and I think, man, I would have said, yes, I'm a Christian, even though I do these things. But then when I was there, it's like something happened in my heart and in my soul. And I actually decided 
I'm going to not just try and be a good person, but I'm actually going to let God into my life. I'm actually going to let him mold me and change me. And I want to follow Jesus no matter what that means. And for me, that was scary because I would have to give up a lot of things that I enjoyed, you know, um, relationships, um, what I did in relationships, uh, all party and all of those things. I mean, I'd be lying if I said they weren't fun. You know, they were a lot of fun, but they also brought a lot of heartache and guilt and shame. But in the moment, sin is always fun or else nobody would do it. And so I was scared. I was scared of having to give those things up. I was scared of what kind of person would I be? Would I be fun anymore? Would I turn into a dorky Christian person? Those were really valid fears. I mean, valid, not really, but they were valid in my heart. They were, they seemed very real to me. And so I was this just young, shaky girl trying to figure life out and God wrecked my world. Um, and you know, you've read the book, so you know, it it wasn't pretty, you know, I I still stumbled my way, uh, but my life was changed, um, Mm. that year for sure. Well, and I love in the book where you, where you said, um, this part, I believe stories change the world. It's why I want to share my story with you so badly, even though for much of my life, I wanted no one to, sh- to know my story. But I've discovered something. It's by owning and revealing this story that God shines light through me on His Son, Jesus. It's by owning and revealing your story that God can shine light on Jesus through you as well. It's by owning and revealing our stories, no longer succumbing to shame because of them, but surrendering to God's promises of what He can do with them, that we begin to experience freedom in every beautiful sense of the word. So you go to this passion conference, you um, meet Jesus, and he's in control of your life. And yes, there's struggles along the way. How was it, and this could be years later, I think, um, that you were able to own up to that and experience that freedom by having this past where you were able to open up? It was for sure years later. I mean, I still was walking around full of embarrassment and full of wondering if people knew this about me, would they think that this was real? Would they think that I'm a fraud? Um, and you know, there were there were some times in that in those early years. I remember there was a one of the pastor's wives. She was so fabulous to me and so kind. Her name was Amy, and I was able to open up and share things with her. And she did not shame me. She didn't think less of me. She didn't look down on me. Mm. And so she was an example of how people should react when people open up and say, there's some really hard things in my life. Um, and I still feared that other people wouldn't react like Amy did. Um, and then, you know, before I married my husband, I laid it all out on the table for him as well. And that was another hard moment. But once again, he loved Jesus and he loved God and he did not react in a bad way either. And still I was so afraid. And so it was years and years and years of me wondering, who can I share this with? Who's safe? Who's going to react like Amy did or my friend Rachel or, mm-hmm. you know, my friend uh, or my husband Aaron? And and so I would kind of test the waters a little bit and t- tell people. And, you know, I eventually told my friend Maris and she reacted so kindly. And I still, as I got a little bit older, it wasn't because here's the deal also that, you know, it's funny is when you have things in your past, like mine happened to be like getting pregnant in college. 
um, or getting pregnant even after following Jesus. I mean, I have a crazy story about that. And so when you have things like this, it's not something when you walk into church one day, you're like, oh, hey, I need to tell you, I need to tell you my story. I need to tell you everything. And so there's this, there's this kind of dance of figuring out Hmm. when do I share this? Like, when is it even valid? Who really cares? And so I get that and that's hard. But for me, it was, I spent a lot of years wondering if they know this, Will it disqualify me as a Christian? Will it just dis- will they not let me teach this class anymore? Will I not be able to serve in students ministry? Right. Will people think how could Aaron be married to her? And so it wasn't just me like oh I don't know when to share this. I was really afraid to open up. Um, and it was about ten years ago when we moved to Austin, and I really um, I kind of dove into an intense discipleship class, and I really started to dive into God's word and see how. God sees sin because I always felt like I was the worst. Hmm. Like I'm surely worse than you. Like I just, you don't have anything on me. Like there's Hmm. things, I don't remember nights of my life. And so I'm surely Hmm. worse. Hmm. But then I started to really see like, like we're all the worst. Absolutely. Like, like, what do you mean I'm worse? No, we're all the worst. Mm -hmm. Like on my best day, I pray all day. I read scripture all day. I'm still the worst. Right. And so... God started to free me up when I started to see that everybody is on this level playing ground of need of a savior. Absolutely. I mean, everybody from the worst convicted felon to like Mother Teresa. Right, right. We all need Jesus the same. And so that changed something for me. And it changed where I went, you know what? I can share with someone that I got pregnant um, in college and that I got pregnant again after I was following Jesus. And you know what? Jesus paid for that. Hmm. Jesus dealt with that. And so that's so I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, It was just freeing. And you know, I say this all the time when I'm talking about the book is I talk a lot about things that happened 20 years ago, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's not hard for me to say them. It's not hard for me to talk about them. It's not hard for me to write them because I dealt with these things, you know, I dealt with them even if it was just 10 years ago of fully dealing with them, Mm -hmm. but there's stuff in my life today. Right. That I'm not writing on a pod. I'm not writing on a blog. I'm not putting in a book. I'm not sharing on a podcast because God and I are still working on it, and my friends are pouring into my life about it. Right. But that's what, you're never. It's never a finished product. You right. know, it's not like this book is like, hey, I'm free and I never struggle. Right. Right. I wish. Right. <laughs> we all wish. Right. Right. Yeah. So that uh, to answer that, it's kind of like I started to realize the level playing ground of how much we all need Jesus, absolutely. and it kind of it freed me up a lot. I didn't feel like the worst anymore. Well, and I think that that's what everybody connects with because we all, no matter if we have the same background you do or or struggle with the same things you struggle, we all struggle. We all yes. need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like you said, so um, that's why I think the book is so great because it, it it ministers to everybody. Yeah, I hope so. That was the struggle with wanting to share my stories because not everyone's been pregnant in college, and right. you know what I mean. And so, right. but I I hope that the story is more about Jesus and not just Jamie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when we look at it from that angle, that we can find ourselves in there some way or another. Absolutely, I agree. I think it's great. Um, and you mentioned Rachel, your friend, and she sent you a letter or mm-hmm. read you or gave you a letter on the night uh-huh. before you were about to marry Aaron. Yeah. Because you were kind of struggling with, you know, I'm about to marry Aaron and he's, um, you know, pure and you didn't feel like, you know, you were, um, you know, on the level playing field, like you were saying uh-huh. with him because yeah. of your past. How yeah. did um, she speak life into you? Oh, I mean, even like I get teary eyed right now Mm -hmm. thinking about that because it was just, it was, she was a friend of mine. We did ministry together and she knew my story. Mm -hmm. And so she knew, um, 
she knew the struggle that I had with, um, you know, Aaron had saved himself from marriage and I had not. And, and in my eyes, I felt as though, because it was so fresh and new for me, I felt as though it wasn't fair for him. Or I felt as though he had done something and saved something so special and I hadn't. And I just felt like he wasn't getting the best wife that he could get. And saying that now, I, I know the, the lie that that is. And I'm, I'm, I'm past that. We've married 17 years. We're, we're good. And I'm good, you know. Yeah. But when I go back and I remember those moments, I, I get really, really teary-eyed because my friend, she knew, she knew that pain in my heart. And she knew that it wasn't so much shame as it was just I felt like, golly, I just wish that this wasn't I wish this wasn't my story. I wish that I was coming into a marriage purer than this. I wish I was coming in um as a virgin. And so, you know, I had I had shared some pretty intimate things with her that I was praying for. And so she was she was brought in to that time in my life. Um more than anyone else in, mm. in, in that in that time of my life, especially in the area in the in the area of getting married and and sex and all of those things, and so that letter that she gave me, I mean, you know that it means a lot if I still have it. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't put it in the book from memory. I typed it from wow. looking at the letter that she sent me wow. because it was just special because she got me. Mm. You know, she got me, and she did something in that letter that I think is beautiful that women need to do is that she pointed me to Jesus. Mm. Like she didn't just say to me, Jamie, it's okay that you messed up. Aaron loves you. You're going to be great. Happy wedding day. You know, which that would have been great as well. And it would have been kind and beautiful and wonderful. But she pointed me to the truth of God's word. And she Mm. pointed me to scripture. And that's why I kept it. I, you know, I kept it because it was this reminder of Rachel's right. God's word. It it does trump any feeling I'm having right now. And Mm. so, It was really, really sweet of her. I love it. Well, and I love when you put it in the book, you said, when I finally began to be be vulnerable with my friends about my past, the difference was both life-changing and life-giving. As they confirmed the work God had done and was doing in my life, I began to feel more freedom to be me. If they only knew became they know it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it was life giving because when you have something that you are just thinking, I don't know that I could say this to someone. I don't know that I could tell someone. And listen, it doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't have to be an abortion. It could be, I mean, I hear women say sometimes like, I look at my husband and I, I I don't even, I don't even know why I married this man. Mm. Now that's a scary thought to say, Mm -hmm. you know, that first of all, we've, we've, we've come a little too far without talking about this if you're already there, but to say that out loud to a friend is really scary. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, when I've heard people and they've said something that they've been holding in, it is like it's the, it is a, it is a, a weight that comes off of your heart because now it's out there. Mm-hmm. Now it's known. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my hope is that whenever that is known that the, the, the person they're telling reciprocates that and holds that story well, but there is something about releasing it because it just, it can almost suffocate you mm-hmm. if you're feeling as if, cause you start to feel I'm all alone. No one's ever dealt with this. No one will understand, uh, which are all lies to keep you holding it in. Uh-huh. And did you ever run into that? I mean, I know it sounds like your friends were super just supportive and just open with you and encouraging. Did you ever run into anybody that was judgmental? You know, not that I remember, and I don't have a very good memory, so I could have blocked it out. Um, but, you know, I've often wondered, you know, over the past couple of years, I'm pretty open with sharing stuff when I speak in churches. Um, 
And, and I, I mean, I wonder where does that go? How does, how do people respond? But no one's ever been unkind to me about it. Um, and you know, when I first started being open and, and sharing some struggles, um, I was surrounded by some really great girls. And so these are still my friends today. And so they, it was a really safe place for me to begin that journey. Yeah, it is. It is. That's great. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit. This is something that I it, well, and let's go there here first. Um, if there's a woman out there that's struggling, that has a lot in her past, or not even in her past, but just a lot of secrets that she's keeping, what would you say to her? Uh, I would say first of all, I get it, um, and and I can't say it enough that these secrets could be 20 years ago, or it could be from this morning. Like I just and let's level the playing field. It doesn't have to be pregnancy. It can be anything. Um, and so I would just say my number one thing that I tell people is find a safe friend. And that is hard because people have been burned before. Um, and I'm certain that I have. I mean, even though I can't come up with an example, I'm certain that I have. But people have been burned before. They've tried. They've opened up. And people have not reciprocated well. And it keeps people from trying again. I would just encourage you try again. Mm. Try, try, try again. And it takes time. It really does. I was just sharing with someone the other day that I have um, – a new group of friends that I meet with out here in my town and we're new to each other. And so we're learning this, this dance of vulnerability and what to share and how to respond. And it's new for me because I haven't, I haven't entered into that newness in a long time. I've had some really close friends for seven years. And so I get what it feels like to be a little bit scared. Um, but I also know with the value that comes when you're willing to open up. And so try again, find a safe friend, find people who love God more than they love you because they're going to speak truth to you and find a church that values authenticity and knows the reality um, that we're all sinners, all in need of a savior. So that's what I say. That's great. That's good. And it's so important to have that group. I have a few friends that we were on a text group and Uh we went through infertility together for years and that just kind of bonded us once you have something that you've struggled with that just bonds you and you're like friends for life and now we just like that's our group that we if there's something going on we're like hey pray for us i mean it could be anything it'd be you know the child was you know hit somebody at school or whatever 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 so it's so important to have that for sure i wanted to tell you something that i pulled out of your book that I, I just, it was just like a light bulb for me. Um, it's, it, and I wrote it down because I was like, okay, this is, this is it. When you talk about the woman at the well, I think you talked about it in the book. Yeah, you did. You talked yeah. about how you wouldn't want to go with other women because there were other, uh, well, you talk about how Jesus went to her and, and that day in the Bible, um, people wouldn't go when there's other women. She would not go when there's other women there because of the mm-hmm. shame um, and, you might have felt that way with the shame early on, but now you foster community with women and this podcast. Like, I just yeah. think that is so redemptive that you might have, you know, shrunk back from women at that time for because of judgment. And boy, we as women are big time judgers. We yeah. are. That's mm-hmm. another reason why I started the podcast because I'm yeah. like, uh-huh. I'm the worst one. And so I don't want to do that anymore. I right. think we need to uplift, uplift each other. And I love that you are the one that encourages relationships, friendships with women and community and fostering that and how God did that um, through this. So I just Thank think you. that's awesome. Thank you. That's just a neat thing. I do love... Um, I do love women so much, and I think that we have just this unique opportunity, especially right now, um, 
to build each other up and to be for each other. And so mm-hmm. I am a big fan and I talk about that when I, um, when I, when I, I talk about, I mean, I mentioned several times in the book that I get to volunteer at my local jail during the week. And, um, you know, I'm always encouraging them and, and I do it on my podcast as well. Listen, we got to be for each other. You know, we've got to be for each other. And I think coming from a, from a Christian standpoint of that is we need to be for each other in the sense that, that we are kind with people's stories. We're encouraging and we point people to, to scripture, you know, um, now I always joke, like, if you're my friend in my real life, you have every right to point me to scripture, but don't leave a scripture on my Facebook page. Okay. Because you know what, <laughs> or you're upset with me about something. So you point me to scripture, you know, I don't know you. And so until right. we know each other, that's no, I'm right. just kidding. But you know, my people in my world, like right. that's, I want them to be so for each other that we want the best for each other. Absolutely. And that's why even when you said you started a podcast, that makes me so happy. Like I mm. love to see women chasing their dreams and doing what to do. Um, and so it is kind of fun that I used to kind of yeah. run away from those relationships. Um, and how God just restored that. And now yeah. look at the big, huge ripple you are making. I mean, you've got over well, 40,000 followers. I'm like, what? I mean, that's just, that's just <laughs> awesome. You know, yeah, that well, God's doing that you. through a podcast. I just love that. I think that's yeah. for such a time as this. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading earlier, I'm doing Sophie Hudson's devotional. I know it's for teenagers, uh-huh. but I was like, I have to have it. I got her to yes, sign it. Of course. And she came to Memphis and I was like, I got to do it. But it's so good. So chock full of truth. And she just and today was talking about remembering, remembering the wonders of what God has done and how, you know, that's what your book is about. Like, look at what yeah. God has done and look at what he can do for you. So yeah. what is the the phrase, Jesus is better? What does that mean to you? Mm, everything. I mean, literally everything. Uh, my husband, Aaron, and his our friend, Brett Land, wrote that song together a couple of years ago. Um, and it really came from an overflow of just like, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's riches, if it's sickness, if it's money, if it's um, poverty, if it is um, success, if it is failure, if it is platform, if it is nothing, no matter what it is, Jesus is better than all of those things. Mm, Um, The song says, in all my sorrows, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. In every victory, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. More than any comfort, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. More than all riches, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Our souls declaring, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. Our song eternal, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. And for me, it was, I, I the last chapter on the book is Jesus is better because I think I can, I can stand on that truth no matter what mm. um, happens, is that Jesus is better. And so when we're thinking about, man, I'm, I'm scared of sharing my story. I'm scared of being vulnerable with women. I'm scared of opening up. I just think Jesus is better than it all because he is offering this freedom to you and he's offering something to you that is better than your hiding. It's better than your success. It's better than anything. And so we, we sing that song a lot at our church and it just resonates with people so much because especially the part about make my heart believe because you know we are we are people who are prone to forget and we are prone to wonder mm-hmm. and so just to beg our hearts god continue to remind me that no matter what season no matter what life holds for me jesus is better make mm-hmm. my heart believe i love it i love it well, and I'll, these are things that I love about you. I love that you're declaring the truth, that you point people back to Scripture, and I love that. I love that you care for your friends like Amanda that had all the heart issue. Um, that was that was great for you to share her story, and then she could share it, and then now we follow yeah. her, and we love uh-huh. her now. Love her. Um, 
And I love that you're biblically sound. You don't make any compromises. I've, I heard, um, I think it was maybe another podcast that you were on a couple of months ago or a year ago. I don't remember. But there's something that you write on the top of your page when you speak. What is uh-huh. that? Let them see Jesus. Show them Jesus. Show them Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did this a couple of years ago, and I, um, I, I get like, when I go and speak at churches, I love it so much. Um, but I get nervous for only one reason. <clears throat> the only reason I get nervous is I don't get nervous about saying in front of people. I don't get nervous in front of talking. I get nervous that somehow they'll leave and they won't have heard the truth. Um, and so I take it very seriously and all of those things. And so I have a girlfriend who she always says to me, she says, you have nothing to lose and nothing to prove. And that's been just so great for me and speaking in front of people. Um, but someone, but I was also thinking one day and I was like, you know what, what do I want when I get off the stage? I I don't necessarily need them to know three points and I don't necessarily, I definitely don't want them just to leave liking Jamie Ivy more, but I want them to see Jesus. And so I wrote at the top one time real big, show them Jesus and it was there for me as this reminder of no matter what happened, if I just bombed or <laughs> fell off the stage or whatever, right. um, which I don't ever want to fall off the stage, but <laughs> no. I just want to show them Jesus. Yes. And I think that is not only just this thing in my life of uh, a purpose with speaking or podcasting, or whatever, but sometimes you have to write things down just to remember why you're doing something, you mm-hmm. know? And so yes. although this is my heart's desire, mm-hmm. life comes in and you get busy and you, you're worried about getting on a stage and keeping your words right. And you're worried about when am I supposed to come up? Like, do I go back to this? And, mm-hmm. and it's just a reminder to me, like, Hey, yep. show them Jesus, just yep. show them Jesus. And then your job is done. And so, um, well, that's I like what I that. Try to do. That's that's where your realness comes in and openness, and I love that. I love that. Your tagline on your podcast is: "We talk about the big things in life, the little things, in life, and everything in between." What is something that is in between? Some of those, what a, a a daily thing, maybe a mundane thing that's in between that not a lot of people know about you. Oh, about me that not a lot of people know about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's see what we can do here. Number one, I don't like to be barefoot. I, in my house, in my house, I either have slippers or socks on at all times. Really? But I don't wear socks to bed. So next to my bed, you always find socks, socks and shoes. Socks or slippers. (laughs) Um, I don't like to be barefoot. Okay. Are you cold or just don't like the feeling? No, I just don't like the feeling. And when I see people walking outside without shoes on, it can almost make my stomach hurt because I could never imagine myself doing that. Never. I love it. I love it. It hurts my feet to even think about it. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. The last thing I do on my on my podcast is I ask. It's my read, eat, read, pray, love segment. Okay. Okay. So I love to eat. So um, tell me what you are reading these days. Oh, this is good. I actually have a few books. I know you have a lot that people send you. So yes, you and I'm are struggling reading with reading all the time. Okay. But I will say this, I am struggling with my reading these days, but I'm trying to read more and people do send me books all the time. And, um, if it catches my eye, then it's, it does or whatever. But this book caught my eye Okay. and I have one next to my bed and I actually have two copies. So I found one here that I was going to tell about. I know nothing about this author, nothing. I, I can't even find, um, a media kit in here, but it's called no one ever asked. No one ever asked by, um, Katie Ganshirt. Okay. And so I believe this is Christian 
fiction. Okay. Is that what we're going to call this? Yeah. I'm trying to look on the back, which I don't read a lot of Christian fiction. It just has never, um, yeah, it's never done it for me. Yeah. Uh, but I am really liking this. I am about maybe almost a hundred pages in. Okay. And I like it. Also, there it is. That's what I'm reading. Okay. So that's fiction. Um, what are you eating? What's your favorite thing to eat? I love to eat. Oh, oh. well, whatever Aaron cooks is my favorite thing to eat. (laughs) Oh my word. You have it so good, girl. I know. I I don't like to cook. (gasps) I know, but he's been doing this lately where he'll make, do you like, um, couscous and quinoa? I don't cook it. I'm scared to cook it. But it's like uh, it's, rice, right? Mm-hmm. It's healthy yeah, rice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we'll do a lot of quinoa. So sometimes over the weekends, he'll make a huge batch, batch of quinoa. And then he loves these little plastic containers that you can get on Amazon. That yes. Like, yeah, that like restaurants will send on your food in. He is obsessed with them. And so I make fun of him, but they're awesome. So he'll just put them in individual ones. And then during the week, it makes cooking dinners and lunches for myself because I'm home so easy. And so I'll just heat that up and maybe add some vegetables or put it on a salad or put dressing or whatever. I mean, Perfect. so Yum. we're loving that. Okay. I'm loving that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Love to eat that. That's good. I love anytime you can prepare ahead of time. Oh my word. It's so much easier. Okay. And he made this. Okay. Well, I'll tell you about this soon because I just had it for breakfast. Okay. He made this kind of coleslaw type thing, mm. but it's not coleslaw, okay. but it's with red cabbage and Yum. apple cider vinegar and sunflower <gasps> seeds, all kinds of stuff. And he just makes these things up and then I'll eat on it all week. Like I had it this morning for breakfast over an egg taco. So Yum. I know. Speaking of apple cider vinegar, did you put that on your favorite blister? That no, thing. should I? That's the only thing someone hasn't told me. I'm telling you, I don't know. I ha- I don't know if it's good, but it is good for every. If you if you Google apple cider vinegar and whatever, I thought I had an ovarian cyst last week, and it said they're good for ovarian cysts. It's good for anything. I'm serious. Well, Put you know, when I was sick, I was taking it, and then everyone said I was supposed to dilute it because I was just taking it like shots. Yeah, and yeah. they said it was bad for you. It was gross. Really? Oh, it was actually gross. easier to take as like a shot than in a cup of water. That's what that I That lasted forever. Oh gosh, I was I I did that because every morning they say do it every morning or whatever, and oh, it's horrible. But yeah, you drink it every morning with water. But it's just I just okay. I just have to I just down it. I'm like here we go. So yeah, I do. But anyway, try it on your fever blister. You never know. I'm, I'm going to walk over to my house. Okay. I'm going to make me a cup and put some in it, and then I'm going to dab some on my favorite blister. I mean, you, it can't hurt, right? It's good I'm for everything, everything else. else on it. <laughs> Every oil I got, I'm putting on it, you know? I I'm thought, like, oh, I bet apple cider. It, it's so good. I put it on my dog's tail. She has happy tail where she bonks it, and I put it on the tail, and she just sat there. I was like, oh, vinegar. Anyway. What's happy tail? It's where they swap their tail, and then it gets a scab on it because they hit it hard, Never and then they lick and, and bite, and then she has a little alley on it, and so I... I I put I dipped that a bowl. I was like, let's dip it in this apple cider vinegar. It's good. We're going to become else. those those old grandmas that every time something happens to our grandkids, we're like apple cider vinegar, kids. That's right. Instead of Windex, we're going to be doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What are you praying for? You know, I have four kids, and my oldest is in eighth grade, and so. The prayers are changing a lot because I think we have four years left with this kid, like mm. four years left, mm. and then he's gone, and he's just for the first time like starting to notice girls, and that's all you know coming about. And he is a great kid, mm. um, but it's just things are getting. It's like the it's like the heat just got turned on a little bit more mm-hmm. when I have a kid about to go into high school next mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that just seems weird to say that's out loud. Scary. And so, it's scary, but I think my prayers for my kids are changing a lot, especially my older ones, of just wanting them um, 
to believe what God says to be true and that it's not dorky to follow God. I mean, that was my big thing when I was in middle school is I was a youth group kid and then I looked around and I thought, I feel like these kids are dorky. I want to be a cool kid, you know? And so, I mean, I had, whether they were dorky or not, doesn't matter. I had I was, that screams insecurity. Hello. Right. Uh, so I was, you know, just, I was insecure in myself and wanting attention and stuff. And so aren't we all, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I even noticed want, it even a few years ago, I looked at my friend and I go, you know what the deal is with us? I said, we're just super still super insecure. And I was in my early thirties when I told her that. Yes. I mean, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I still struggle with that. I mean, hello, oh, I'm about yeah. to put a book in the world that I, let's talk about insecurities, right? Okay. So we got to fight those every day with the truth. Um, but you know, just praying for my boys, praying that they would be men who follow God, um, and that they don't care if they're dorky. Um, I'm, I'm telling you what mamas, I love a dorky kid. I mean, I, love a dorky yes. kid. My oldest played with Pokemons and mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. kind of things. And I was like, I love it. You yes. be dork. You mismatch your clothes. That's you right. Don't brush, all, I don't care. You just do all those things because I do not need you to feel that pressure uh, right. that you're going to feel anyway. So yeah. I'm praying for my boys okay. that they will not care about being a dork if like it means that. following God. I like that. I'm going to start praying that. I have a five-year-old. And so I'm already, you know, starting to you just that your mind goes to high school already. You just do in middle school and friends. And, you know, he's just now starting all that. I mean, just he's five. And so you just kind of start thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. And it's, it's just you want to be on your knees a lot more. Yeah. I know yeah. I do. So sure. Okay. What are you loving? Oh, what am I loving these days? Um, a lot. I have a, um, I put a picture up in my office and it's from a friend of mine. Her name is Daphne Bamberg and she does lettering and she's just completely talented. I mean, not that sounded weird, completely talented. She's very talented and she has a print that's called the hundred names of Jesus. And it, I'm going to email you the picture of it because it is beautiful and I got it framed and it's in my office and I just, I love it so very much. So I'm loving that. I love it. Good. Well, I love you, even though we haven't met, but I love you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. um, I get to meet you in Nashville at your book tour. I'm so excited. Going by myself. I never do that, so I'm excited. Good for you. Good for you. Well, there's only like... 15 tickets left for that night. So I'm glad that you're, I'm glad you snacked. I was signed up the first day. I was like, "Ah, I'm getting, I'm getting it. I want this sold, sold out stuff. No. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate your time. I know this is so welcome. I mean, five days and you're putting a huge book out and I just, I'm very humbled. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Thanks, girl. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Y'all, wasn't Jamie awesome? I so enjoyed our conversation. Um, She was so kind. She was so gracious. She is exactly the same way that she is on the happy hour when you hear her or on her Instagram story. So she's so refreshing. I just enjoyed our honest conversation. I love how she always encourages us to always point others to Jesus and to scripture and that her advice is to find people that love Jesus more than they love you so that they will always point you to him. Don't forget, you can find Jamie at jamieivy.com, also on Twitter, and also on Instagram at Jamie Ivy. And don't forget, her book is coming out. It is called If You Only Knew. And if you pre-order before it comes out next week, you can be entered into um, winning the trip to Green Acres for a weekend and also dinner with um, Jamie and her husband, Aaron. So 
Go ahead, find her book on Amazon and order it and pre-order it and sign up for the pre-order bonuses. Follow her on Instagram. Listen to her podcast. You can go on iTunes. It's called The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. It's awesome. You will be blessed every Wednesday when it comes out. So anyway, thanks so much. Remember, you can find us at Friends of a Feather Podcast on Facebook and also on Instagram. Love to find you over there. And I would love to hear your favorite part of this episode. So let me know. And y'all have a great day. Remember, be encouraged. We're all friends of a feather. Let's stick together. See you next time.